The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, I'll tell you, our show is about strategies to change your life. And I've been reading this wonderful book called Take the First Shot, Strategies to Fire You Up and Change Your Life by Peggy Caruso. This is part of a series that she's been doing, part of the Revolutionized series. So let me tell you a little bit about our wonderful guest. She is coming to us today and... You will just find her fascinating. Peggy Caruso is a certified executive and personal development coach. She's also an author and an entrepreneur, and she is the founder and host of the Revolutionized Podcast, which I hope that you guys will also listen to. Her education also includes business and certification as a relaxation therapist and neuro-linguistic programming specialist and master practitioner. And her book, uh, her new book, this is the one I just talked about, Take the First Shot, uh, reached Amazon one, first uh, bestseller in five categories. And they include work-life balance and business, business mentoring and coaching, neuro-linguistic programming, self-help, and health in the new age. So that's great. Peggy has been interviewed on NBC, CBS, Success Magazine, Reader's Digest, Franchise Handbook, Advancing uh, and she has been advancing women in many other uh, types of shows. And she has also been a guest on radio and podcasts across the U- United States. She's an expert problem solver, which we love in terms of conflict management. And both she knows that this is important both personally and professionally and has helped people. And she's committed to assist people with reaching their goals. So she's written four books in the Revolutionized series, and she's been trademarked through the United States Patent Office and Trademark Office, and these are Take the First Shot, which is that book that I have right here in my hand, Revolutionize Your Corporate Life is another one, Revolutionize Your Child's Life, and Revolutionize Your Life. So thank you so much, Peggy, for joining us this morning. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So let's first find out why Why did you become a certified executive and personal development coach? Well, I actually became that because I'm an eight-time entrepreneur, successful as well. Um, and so corporate is my passion. And then when I got into the executive arena of coaching, 
I um, got into the personal development, and I've always in, been into personal development for my own self, and I think self-improvement is something we all need every day. So I became very good at it. I've helped a lot of children. i become very passionate in what I do, and that's kind of why I got into it. Yeah, that's the best kind of a coach, someone who's really passionate about what they do so that they can encourage their uh, clients to be really passionate about changing and growing. So let me ask you about why you called this or what does it mean to take the first shot? That's what people are going to say. Mari, what, the, what does that all mean? It means taking a step. So it's so ironic. I've written so many books, and um, this book, I tried to, you know, at this point in my life, I understand what people want. I understand what the media wants because I've been interviewed so many times, and there's so many times that I've had an interview where people will say, you know, just tell me something or tell me how to help this child or, you know, give me a, a, a pointer, and sometimes I'd walk away feeling like, wow, oh, you just really can't help somebody that quickly and solve a major problem. But what I realized is you can take a step. You can take that first shot to make a difference and begin working towards your goals. Um, you know, it, you, you can't correct a major situation in less than a minute, but you certainly can take a step in less than a minute. And actually, you can take multiple steps. You know, that reminds me of there's this quote that I heard many years ago, be bold and mighty forces will come to your aid. So if you take that first step, it's like you get some the energy in motion, right? If you just keep thinking. Yeah, because I know it's, it's happened in my own life, like, you know, writing books. It's like, Oh, to take that first step to write, you know, you think, oh my God. But once you do, you get your whole energy and your momentum going. So I love that. I love it. Take the first shot. Yeah, that's perfect. So tell us um, a, a little bit. I love this book. It's it's easy to read, which I love. And it gives a lot of great strategies. And I love some many of these quotes. So uh, tell us what your intent was with this book in terms of, you know, getting the people to follow these strategies? How did you do that? Well, um, to, to follow the strategies, you have to have a goal. And you know that as well as I do. Like goals are imperatives and you need personal goals and professional goals. So the thought process in behind it is to, to have your goals set and then be able to take a shot in many areas. If you've noticed in my book, I have many different chapters, but they're to cover pretty much all aspects of your life. Like a lot of people will say to me, like, well, what do you know? You've always been successful. No, I haven't. I've owned eight successful businesses, but times were tough. I had a really hard background. Um, I raised my children by myself financially, emotionally. It was it was extremely difficult. Um my son had a life-threatening illness. I lost my life savings. My sister took her life. My dad died a horrible death. Mm. I could go on and on and on. I've right. had a lot of um, major setbacks. But what I want to tell people is it wasn't always easy. And you do need to just take a step back and take that first shot because it's, it's your motivator. It's what's going to help you reach that long goal and don't ever give up on your dreams. Exactly. And, you know, if you just keep dreaming and you don't take that first step, even it can be a little tiny baby step, right? 
That's, Absolutely. Yeah. Just, you know, if you think about it, then you write it down and then you ask somebody, what do you think? And just, you know, who, who could be supportive and helpful? Who can give me ideas? Who could, yeah. You know, it's, I've, I know from my own life that I've reinvented myself so many times. You know, first I became a teacher and then I went back to law school and then I went and took training in mediation and then I became a radio host and doing, you know, it's just like, okay, how did I do that? You know, I took that first step. And it's true that once you make that commitment that you're going to do it, it, you do get help from all sorts of crazy places in the universe, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, tell us, uh, give us an example, you know, in terms of relationships. You know, I, I deal with people in relationships all the time. I'm I'm an attorney mediator, so I'm trying to help people to resolve their own issues without, you know, going to court and killing them each other. And so whether it's a divorce or whether it's a business dispute. You know, we, we all have issues in our relationships. So um, give us an example of why relationships do experience these difficulties. Well, I love, first of all, before I answer the question, I love what you said, because relationships aren't just about your, your significant other. It's about friendships. It's about your working environment. It's about your children. Everything in life is about relationships. So I'll give you an example of my first chapter is about the ebb and flow of relationships. And as you know, um, it's, it's very difficult to keep a relationship alive. That's what most people say. And I say it's very easy. Even though I've had a lot of very difficult relationships, that, that's what's helped me with coaching is to understand that it takes less than a minute a day to make it successful. So an example would be when People meet each other, and um, I'll, I'll pick on the men for a minute because it can be the other way around, but I'm just going to give an example. Say you marry, you know, a man, and he opens the door for you, and he buys you flowers, and he sends you cards, and he does all these kind things, right? And that's the first year, and then your relationship goes really well, and then the next year, he stops opening your car door. Right. The person comes into my office and says, Peggy, it's okay because he still buys me flowers. He writes me a note, right? Yeah. And then the next year he stops writing the note. And so what, what I find in my practice is that people come in and say, oh, my goodness, how did we get to this point? We've lost everything, everything that we used to love about each other and, and do for each other. We don't do that anymore. And so it really does just take a small shot to take. To start repairing it, um, like there's a part of my book, and you may laugh, it says, like, change your lipstick. But I have men who will come in and say, like, oh, my wife, uh, she just gets home from work. She wants to just get into something comfy, and she doesn't take as much pride in herself as she used to. And I'm like, oh, well, that's, like, when I get home from work, I just want to relax. <laughs> and so I understand from her point or his point um, how that stuff happens. And so that's why you take that one small step to make a difference and pull back in that love. People will ask me, like, can you get love back? Yes, you can. Yes. Yes. And I'll tell you, as someone who's been doing divorce for 33 years, 
I know it doesn't work, right? You know, that's why I wrote my book, Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy. But you're absolutely right. It takes one little thing, like just even having an attitude of gratitude and saying thank you for everything. Because so so many times people... Uh, you know, in a relationship, they don't even thank each other for like, you know, thank you for getting gas in my car. That was really nice that you thought of me. Or thank you for helping me with whatever it is that that I didn't even ask you and you just went ahead and did this. And just being that that attitude of gratitude is one easy thing to start. And even with you know, when you're talking about any relationship, if you say an attitude of gratitude with your kids or with my paralegal, I'm always saying, thank you so much. You're so brilliant. You know, just really treat someone like you would if you, you know, are just trying to start a, a friendship or a relationship. So you're absolutely right. It's it just take one little tiny step. And it's amazing how, um, it becomes reciprocal. I say thank you, and then my husband will say thank you for something that I did, right? <laughs> but I love that you said that because I don't get up in the morning unless I say five things I'm grateful for. And one of the things that it does, and I think you would agree with, is um, like stay focused on what they do right, not what they do wrong. So if I'm angry with my husband because he did something wrong, one thing that I found is very easy to help um, anyone who's listening is like, I hate grocery shopping. He does it all the time. And so when he does something that may be upsetting, I stay focused on, like, wow, I'm so grateful that he does the grocery shopping because I don't have to do it. Right. And I think that that's super important. It, it sir, surely is because we, we tend to only look at the stuff that annoys us, right? And so, Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. And I know for, for me, I have to practice what I preach myself. And so if there is something that's bothering me, I'll ask for what I want, not what I don't want. That's a huge one. If you say what you don't want, that's negative. But if you say, gee, you know, the next time, would you do this? You know, I, I know that you did this and I, it would really be helpful if the next time you would do this a little differently. So, you know, then, then, you know, he'll say, yeah, you know, he was eating nuts on the, on the couch and I didn't want to say, why are you eating? It's all over the floor and start, you know, making a big deal. But I just said, Hey, here's, here's a bowl. Next time, will you please just, you know, if you're going to eat nuts in the living room, will you just use this bowl to put them in instead of putting them on a napkin where it falls all over the place? I mean, it sounds stupid, but it was it was annoying the hell out of me. But I decided no, to I say it. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, relationships are really a chance for us to grow. So, um, how about when you, in your second chapter, you talk about connect the dots. I love this. You are the connection. What, what are you trying to say in that chapter? Tell my audience a little bit about that. I love that. Um, on a quick side note, I got into writing books because I wanted to start a nonprofit so I could start a child academy because I have so many children that come from broken homes or that they don't have their biological parent, and, and I teach them success principles, and, and, and that can work. Mm. So in... In all of my things with parenting and children, and I have the bullies, and I have the kids who are bullied, one of the things that I see that is a huge thing in today's society um, when we talk about entitlement is close the bank. You know, that's in my book. Like, allow your child to learn how to give from their own earnings and stop giving them free access to your money. I think that's huge. I teach a lot with success and finance 
to children. And I think parents at times, not all parents, but sometimes can be part of the problem, that you need to teach children the importance of earning their own money. And, and we, one of the things I teach is the three S's, save, spend, and share. And so I do, especially at Christmas, I love Christmas. It's my favorite time to, to also teach. And so you, you have something, like I have my grandson, and I teach him, like, okay, I'm going to give you this money, but you have to save this much. You can spend this much, and then you have to give some of that away. And, oh. you know, when he was young or old enough to understand, he'd say, what do you mean I have to give it away? Well, you have to not just hand someone a check, but do something creative with it. And I think if, if we all did that with our children, it, it creates more of like what you're talking about, gratitude and kindness. Um, like another topic is score the chore, like teaching children the importance of chores. You don't pay your child for every single chore they do because there are sometimes family obligations. But when you teach them to um, to go above and beyond and you can pay them extra for that, then I think all of that is a teaching uh, moment for your children relative to finance. Oh, I love that. And it's also so wonderful, you know, when when children can give you something, like if they buy you a little something and they give you a gift, they feel so good when you say, oh my God, I love this. I remember when my kids were little and they, you know, had money that they earned and then they could come back and give me something that they actually bought with their own money. And it might, might be something little, like just tiny, even buying a card, you know, with their own money. It's It gives them such a sense of giving. And then obviously when you give, you receive back because if somebody is grateful for that, it just warms your heart. So I love that. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, we haven't been teaching um, to be loving and compassionate and giving. And I think that's um, a challenge, a real challenge for kids. Uh, they you know, as they learn to give, they receive, right? It's that uh, money is the energy, you know, it's kind of like the blood energy of, of our society. You know, it's and money is really just energy that we're giving back and forth. So if they can learn that we're giving energy and we're receiving energy and that's how, that's the flow, that's great, right? I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely, like some of the limiting beliefs um, that a lot of uh, people will talk to you about, like, oh, my parents said money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. It's the love of money that is, because money is, is good. You can't do good without it. So you just have to uh, teach um, the ways that to your children that they can understand that money is a good thing if you do the right thing with the money. Right, right. I, I mean, my kids were little, and I taught them about tithing. And they see me tithe, and they see me do that. And they know that, okay, you know, I'm doing something I'm giving to to some something spiritual. And then, of course, it comes back to me. And I've shown them that, that it comes back to them too. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about... Um, how someone can really in in their life make a difference and why is it so important to really make a difference in other people's lives what does it do oh my goodness i've touched so many lives of making a difference and a lot of people will say well peggy yeah you talk a lot about money and you talk about making a difference so well what if you don't have money it is so easy if you don't have money like it's it's amazing when my children were little 
um, and I was just talking to my husband about this. I said, you know, when my children were little, the very first thing that they looked for under, under the tree was their card. That was mm. the first thing that they opened. And then, you know, we would do a small ornament and they would open that next. But it was always about teaching them how to give and be kind. And when you don't have money, write someone a note. Like to this day, I already sent my notes out to my kids. I mean, they're 34 and 31. And I always send them a Christmas letter telling them what what I recognize throughout the year and how much I see that you are improving and growing in a positive Mm. way. And I think that is worth all the money in the world. It's personal development and you know, it's all about investing in yourself and becoming a better person. Oh, I love that. And, you know, that's what they're going to treasure the rest of their lives, you know, when we're gone. And if we do that for our children and tell them how much they mean to us, that is going to be special when, you know, for as they grow older, that is what means the most to them. They want the love and they want the uh, appreciation. And, you know, for, for me, I'm I'm like you, you know, to me, what's most important, like my, I just had a birthday recently and my husband, you know, said, you know, what do you want? And he knows what I really want. I want a love poem. So every year, and we've been together 30 years and, and he always writes, he hates to do it because it's a lot of work for him, but he always writes the most wonderful poem. So I get for birthday, I get for um, anniversary or Valentine's, I get a love poem about what I mean to him. And I do the same for him. So that is, you know, that to me is much better than him going out and buying me a gift. You know, even though I love jewelry, I can buy my own jewelry. <laughs> he, you know, yeah. I would rather have that. And so I think people realize like when you say, you know, kids can give, they can give, they can sit down and write a letter to mommy, even if they're little. Or they can make something like you do in school, you know, make a picture. That is giving, right? It is, absolutely. So you also discuss in your book the importance importance of a healthy lifestyle, and you have a, a whole chapter on that, you know, open your heart to perfect health. Let's talk about a little bit about that. That's such an important issue. As I'm getting older, I just, you know, Lloyd and I started doing keto um, to be healthier. So we're doing everything that we can um, to be healthier. We don't eat sugar. We don't eat soy. We don't eat gluten. We're, <laughs> we're really trying to be healthy. So that people kind of forget about that issue. And you have this as a very important chapter. Let's talk about it. It is. Because without health, you have nothing else. So all these chapters mean nothing if you don't have your health. And so it's, it's probably the most important one. Um, but what I find in my coaching is people get overwhelmed. And so I tell them we, what we call chunk it down or put it into manageable steps. So I'll just give you a brief example. Let's say you have bad habits. We all have bad habits. Every one of us, whether you realize it or not, I can find your bad habit. But, um, so a lot of it is like smoking or drinking or weight loss or, you know, any of those are considered like a real negative bad habit. But I always tell people, put it into manageable steps for yourself. Like you just talked about no sugar, no gluten, no this, no that. But if I presented that in a weight loss program or a health program, people become overwhelmed and they're like, I can't do it. But if you take it in baby steps and you do one thing at a time, it's more manageable. 
and it becomes a motivator as you do it. Like, I know this sounds silly, but I teach people visual aids. So if you come in and you've gone through um, a weight loss program, let's just say Weight Watchers, you have the ability to lose weight, but you gain it back. That's your mind. So take a sticky note, put it on that scale. People stay focused on, I need to see my weight. And when they see that they've gained weight, like even if you, I, I, so ironic, I told my daughter this morning that my scale was broke and I went out and got a new one. I said, hi, she was so skinny. And when I stepped on the <laughs> scale, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm six pounds heavier than I've ever been. Oh no. But, <laughs> but that is why people get discouraged. But there's so many reasons that your weight can fluctuate. It can be sure. water weight. Right. I mean, there's, there's a ton of reasons. So if you just stay focused in your mind, the healthy weight you want to be, you will end up being that in a program. And so same thing with smoking, you know, count your cigarettes, lay them out. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's a visual aid. Take one away a day. It's, it, you'd be surprised at how many people go, this is silly. I'm not taking one away a day. I'm going to take four away. And they <laughs> actually make more, more progress. So your mind is a very powerful tool in anything, and health is huge. So um, you have to incorporate your mind and health or you won't have anything else. Right. And, you know, Peggy, fear is a, is a great motivator. So um, I had found out recently that I had mold in my body from mold in, in our house. So that mm-hmm. was a great motivator when I saw that and they told me, you're going to have to do all these things like I just told you. You know, you need to take all these supplements to rid the body of this and certain things I had to do and not eat large fish and just, you know, and I'll tell you, I was so scared because it was really starting to affect me in many different health challenges that fear really got me like now that I'm doing keto, it's okay. I don't, I don't think I'm being punished by saying, okay, I'm not eating gluten. I have alternatives. So I think sometimes if you've been smoking and you really see what it's been doing to your lungs or something, then it's a great motivator. But if you if you just know it's not good for you, but you just think it's not going to happen to you, then you're right. You have to take one step at a time. For me, I jumped in because I got so scared. <laughs> and then it's nice to have a, an accountability partner. So Lloyd does this with me. So he got so, you know, I lost some weight from it, but he lost a ton of weight. I mean, his pants, he had to move his belt over like five different uh, you know, he had to put new holes in his belt. So, um, so you're you're right. One step at a time. Unless you get scared, then then you better like wake up and do something. So, you know, but health is like a huge, huge issue. So we've only got a couple more minutes, but I I wanted to ask you one. And this could probably take forever, but I maybe you can just give us a couple points. You know, how do we deal continually? Um, how, how do we deal with negativity to change that, whether it's in ourselves or we're exposed to it by others? That's something you're exactly right. We could talk about this forever, but <laughs> turning negative to positive is a huge thing. And you start by exactly what you said earlier is gratitude. People don't realize how important it is. But when you start realizing that gratitude is super important and it comes naturally, you will start being able to turn your own negatives around the positive. Positive and negative cannot occupy the mind at the same time, and negative is the dominant. So you have to work extra hard at the positive. 
So if you if you begin by implementing gratitude and positive affirmations, there's your head start. Yes. And there's always the, the other side of the coin, if we can remember that too. Like someone, you know, my kids might say, oh, this is so horrible. And I go, wait, what is the blessing in disguise? You know, now you're learning to deal with this or gee, something better is coming. And, you know, if you have that mindset that, okay, this isn't great, but something better is coming, or I have some great learning opportunity from this, then it will be, right? We create our own reality. So um, so it's okay to have some of the negativity. Every time I have somebody who's really a challenge in my life, I go, okay, this is my opportunity to grow and practice what I preach. <laughs> and so you can actually turn anything around, right? Yes, you absolutely can. So we are just out of time. So I want to make sure that you're going to give your website and your podcast how we can get a, get that. And just wanted to tell everybody this is a wonderful book. Take the first shot. Strategies to Fire You Up and Change Your Life by Peggy Caruso. So Peggy, just give us your, uh, your website. Sure, www.lifecoachingandbeyond.com. And all of my information is there, even everything on my uh, The Revolutionized podcast. Oh, great. So we're going to have everybody listen in and find out all the great things that you're doing and the wonderful guests that you have, too. So thank you, Peggy, for writing this book and all of your whole uh, series. They're great. And we will keep you uh, in mind for the next time we have you back again, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you, Peggy. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. 